Welcome to the Daily Proverb Radio Podcast Show. Embracing wisdom every day. Welcome to a special edition of the Daily Proverb. My name is Josh Bueno and I have a guest, very, very special guest with me this morning. Her name is Lisa Bueno. Why are you laughing silently? <laughs> you can laugh out loud, babe. Oh, okay. It's okay. You can laugh out loud. How are you doing? <laughs> I do. I love, you know, babe, I love doing podcasts. Ever since I was a kid, I always imagined myself on the radio. I think it's one of the things I was born to do, to be honest with you. I really do. So this is me. Living your dream. Exercising what I was born to do. Okay? Okay. Well, babe, welcome to the Daily Proverbs Special Edition. How are you doing? Doing good. Good. Well, we're doing a special edition of the Daily Proverb today based on a series we've been doing at Providence Church called Uncommon. Now, if you've been at church over the past few weeks... You know what the series is all about, but if you're tuning in, you've never been to Providence Church. You've never even heard of the Uncommon series. Basically, what we've been talking about is trying to break the typical in relationships. You know, unhealthy relationships are actually pretty typical. I mean, babe, we've been together for 23 23 years. We've been married for 23 years, but we've been together, what, maybe, I mean, solid, maybe 25? Yeah. I mean, out of the 25 years that we've been hanging out, Think of all the people that we've come across, like couples and friends who are married, probably even friends who were married and are divorced now. I mean, wouldn't you wouldn't you agree with the fact that unhealthy relationships are pretty typical? Oh yeah. Who are some of the relationships that you've had in your life that have been prime examples of relationships that are actually kind of uncommonly awesome? Um, have to say my parents. Yeah, they've been the together over 50 years married but the thing is you know like some people are there's married couples that have been together for like 50 40 years and we sit back and we look at the number and we're like man that's awesome they, they must be doing something right but we know there's couples that have been together for like 30 40 50 they years and they're miserable each other. <laughs> <laughs> they can't stand each other but the thing that's special about your mom and dad is dude they love each other yes I mean, seriously, babe. What, I mean, talk about some of the things. If you if you were to go to your mom and dad's house on right movie now. night, yeah, right now, what are they doing together? Right now, they're probably hmm. It's in the morning time, so they may be. My mom may be fixing him breakfast. Mm-hmm. They may be sitting down at the table, drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're still laying in bed because they're both retired. Yeah, they're just laying in bed enjoying. Yeah, and the thing too, it's like when you think of like. Anytime I think of like females cooking for their husbands and stuff like that, sometimes we have kind of a bad idea of it because we think like the husband's not doing anything, but your dad does a lot. Yeah. So it's like that's your mom doing her part in a relationship and then your dad does his part. Like that guy is always cleaning the garage or doing something around the yeah, house. Yeah, she, she'll do the cooking. She doesn't drive, so if she needs something from the store, he's like right on it. Mm-hmm. He sees the garbage full. He throws it out. Unlike me. I see the garbage full, and I'm like, Lord, just let it disappear. <laughs> you should have had some sons. <laughs> oh, man. But they complement yeah. each other. So Yeah, they, um, do. they do. That's what's cool about it. 
and that's i mean yeah that's what's absolutely beautiful about their relationship and and it's like it's one of those things where anytime you go to their house no matter what time of the day that's what they're doing that's how they live that's how they are it's not a and show they're always together they're always together and like that was one of the things when i first got married to you that i really noticed and then i really appreciated was when i started hanging out with you when we were first dating actually not when we got married when we first dating i think it's part of the reason why i fell in love with you because i fell in love with your family too because i would see your mom and dad sitting on the couch holding hands like they're a boyfriend and girlfriend like you and i were you know it was just like man they're like old and her leg is on top of his leg and <laughs> <laughs> they're holding hands like it was just to me that was weird i mean not to say that I, never, I don't i mean i never really seen my parents my parents weren't too publicly affectionate with one another but that doesn't mean they didn't love each other they just that just wasn't their type but your parents have this what do they what do we used to call them in, in youth ministry no pdas public displays of affection <laughs> we used to get mad get upset with students for pdas but your parents are like the epitome of pdas yeah she's rubbing the back of his neck she's, she's always grabbing his ear grabbing his ear they're always touching each other and, and i've never on each seen other. him like feeling on each other. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, i've never seen thing. him like um stop stop don't do that it's just like she'll do something and it's just like natural like he just enjoys it and, <laughs> and then he'll do something and it's like they don't get like they're upset. like those monkeys that you see on national geographic that are like picking the bugs out of each other and they're totally loving it like, they're totally fine with it i i mean i'm not like that you know that babe like we're I'm, i don't think we're both like that yeah like, we I'm, don't I'm, like is it, is it you think it's both both ways do you think like you yeah. two you're kind of like get off i'm hot i'm hot i'm hot like me i'm like if you touch me too much i'm like i start pretty much if anybody touches i can't breathe me, i can't breathe yeah i don't i don't know why i don't like people to touch me um, I do love giving hugs at church. I mean, I, I'm a hugger. I love hugging people. But I think if the hug goes longer than like two seconds, I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Please stop. Because you have some phobias. <laughs> yeah, I do got some phobias. That's for sure. That's that's for sure. But but anyway, so we're talking about uncommon relationships, and I'm really thankful that Lisa and I in our life have had people to model that for us, and I'm thankful that we've had people that honestly have not modeled that for us because you learn um you learn from both sides of the of the spectrum when it comes to to those that are in our lives and so i'm, I'm just pretty thankful thankful for the people that god's placed in our lives um but today we're going to talk about the idea of uncommon commitment we did a message this last sunday um called uncommon commitment and i i, I mean i knew there was a lot of content babe but i didn't plan on us getting halfway through the message i mean we maybe got a quarter maybe a third through the message because there was a yeah. lot um a lot to cover but it's such good stuff that we decided to do a special podcast um to kind of rerun through some of the material we talked about sunday and then also touch on some of the message that well a lot of the message that we weren't able to talk about um you know, we got a lot of couples in our church, and we have a lot of newlywed couples in our church, and those yeah. that are right on the cusp of walking into a marital relationship. And so, uh, this is a perfect series, not just because it's February, but because of where our church is at. And of course, if you're listening to this podcast, this podcast is not just for people who attend Providence Church. We're really hoping that whoever you are, no matter where you're at in your relationship, that you get something out of this, no matter what church you go to, even if you don't go to church, uh, wisdom is wisdom. 
and I always believe in embracing it. So embrace the wisdom that you get out of today's talk. Um, we're just going to recap some of the things we went over here, hun. Um, let's, uh, I'm just going to read Romans chapter 12, verse 2. This is really the theme verse that we've been using in the during the Uncommon series. And the verse says this, Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And so we're talking about this contrast between, I mean, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 identifies the contrast between the behavior and customs of the world and God's will, which is perfect, pleasing, and good. And so we talked about the contrast between the world's way, the behavior and customs of this time and space, um, and really, that's what that word mean. That word "world" means it. We look at the original Greek um, definition of the word "world." The original Greek word used there for "world," it's the word "eon." And so, what Paul's referring to here is he's saying, "Hey, don't copy the behavior and customs of your current time." And so, I want you to think about that if you're listening to this podcast. What are the behaviors and customs of our time when it comes to relationships, love, sex, marriage? Um, and the contrast to that is God's will. So we got the behavior and customs of the world. Then we have God's will, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And quite honestly, I could tell you the behavior and customs of the world are almost not at all in comparison, yeah, to the good, pleasing, perfect will of God. So let's just run through this, babe, because I know we spent 30 minutes on this Sunday. I don't want to spend 30 minutes on this. Um, but we're going to just give you some of the insight that we gave during the first third of our message on Sunday. And so, um, as a matter of fact, we're going to have the PDF available to you to download so you can fill in the blanks uh, on what we're talking about here. This is what we handed out to everybody at Providence on Sunday. So I want to encourage you to fill in the blanks. Um, let's go Let's go ahead and jump in, babe, to, to number one. All right. So number one for the world's way when it comes to pursuing relationship is find the right person. But here's just some of the things at this slide. It's It was a slide and a survey of singles, um, people just like you and me, of what they said um, the perfect person is. So for the ladies, the perfect man is six feet tall, college degree, muscular, clean shaven, dresses stylish, has a good job, makes good money, drives an expensive car, likes shopping, of course, because we got to take him shopping. Because mm -hmm. my husband doesn't really like to go shopping. No, I can't stand shopping. Dear Lord, <laughs> what a waste of time. <laughs> I mean, you just get everything online now. Like, I do not like going to malls. Wow. At all. No. So, for, and then for the uh, men, um, the dream woman, it's a little bit less. Men, men, I have a little bit less on the, um, but this survey was from a 2016. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it makes funny. sense why men, why, why what men want is a little less because we're kind of like get to the point. We're not yeah. like all the other stuff. We're just like, there's only a couple <laughs> things that we're looking for. And that's just the truth. I mean, we, we want to eat. We want to have sex. Um, we want to sleep. <laughs> Those are kind of the three things. It's funny because all that survey they didn't put is a good cook. So I don't know what happened. It's true, huh? They didn't put that on. But that. on that survey, it was the uh, it was a graduate degree, brown eyes, dark hair, is at least five nine, athletic and fit, and no children. It's like, well, you didn't look for that. But in the 2015 survey on this 
one, it was totally different. So it goes to show you because it was a, it actually was blonde hair, blue eyes. It just goes to show you that the look changed a little bit from, from a blonde yeah, to that's a huge. brunette. I mean, babe, that's huge because, and it's actually quite sickening to think about, but it, it is the reality that we live in, in that we, we change our minds so fast. Yeah. And this is why commitment is such a struggle in relationships because we're constantly changing our mind. We're constantly changing our ideas of what we want. And so if, you know, I'll tell you what, you cannot have that type of mentality when it comes to getting married because you can't go from like, well, it's 2017 and I married a brunette. And then in 2018, you're like, you know what? I kind of feel like having a blonde with blue eyes this year. <laughs> hey, sorry, babe. We're just going to have to get a divorce. And then you go and look for somebody else. <laughs> well, that's what the survey was showing us. Yeah, was it, it was. In 20, well, this survey was based on 2016, right? So the 2016 survey, which I wish we had a visual to show you. We showed yeah. it at church. It was, it was it more was, the Kim Kardashian Yeah, it was type. kind of the Kim Kardashian look of a woman because Kim's kind of been in the, in the was in the media in 2016 predominantly. So guys kind of defaulted to what the media had depicted to them. Um, and then in 2015, it was totally different. It was a blonde, blue eyes. Yeah. But that's crazy that the majority of single men in America... I mean, this is a, this is a survey that was done by thousands of men on a dating website. Um, how they just change so fast. Uh, well, let's let's go to the. So here's the contrast. You know, so so you know, babe, you shared that number one, the world's way is to find the right person. Here's the contrast to that. God's way is to become the right person. So um, we've got to evaluate our soul. We've got to look within ourselves and ask ourselves: Am I the person that I'm looking for? Is looking for? This is a great test for you to take right now. If you're single, you're looking to get engaged, looking to get married, looking for a boyfriend, looking for a girlfriend. And you know what? Even if you're married and you're nitpicking at your husband or your wife because they're not perfect or they're not up to par with what you're expecting them to be, you got to ask yourself this. Are you the person you are looking for is looking for? See, that, <laughs> that doesn't make sense to you, but let me explain that because it does make sense. Are you the person you're looking yeah. for is looking for because the person that you're looking for is that i don't know what it is lisa named some of the things that statistics say single men and single women are looking for but are you that person that that perfect person is looking for so in other words i want to i want you to be perfect so what happens when your spouse gets to that perfect place are they going to now look back at you and say hey you now you're not the person that i'm looking for because you wanted me to be this, you wanted me to be that. I've been striving to do that. Now I'm growing over here. And I'm looking back at you like, what are you doing? That's that's the part. That's the way we have to think. Am I the person that I want my spouse to be? I think that is a really good way of walking into expectations in relationships. So when you think about becoming the right person, I don't want to spend too much time on it. But I want you to think about what it is in your life that you need to lean more into in regarding your relationship with God, regarding God's will, his pleasing, perfect and good will for your life. Think about what it is that I can lean more into to become that right person. And you know exactly what it is. I, I can give you 15 things you can do right now to become a better person, but uh, you know exactly what that is. So anyways, let's move on to the second one. So here's the second contrast. So Lisa mentioned number one, the world's ways to find the right person. I mentioned number two, 
I mean, number one, God's way is to become the right person. Here's number two. The world's way is to fall in love. Now, we talked about this Bay of Church on Sunday, which I don't want to get too much into it because we'll be here all day. But I shared a screen. I shared a snapshot on the screen of all the metaphors that we use when it comes to love and how, for the most part, the predominant metaphors that we use are all metaphors that lead to extreme violence and illness like falling in love falling head over heels being smitten kind of all these words that are actual negative metaphors and so what happens is because we're walking into a relationship with this idea that quite honestly has been shaped by the behaviors and customs of the world we walk into it expecting these negative things to happen in in relationship in the name of love so guess what we end up experiencing those things and so we talk a little bit about kind of changing our language, changing our way of thinking. So, babe, instead of us falling in love, what is God's way when it comes to love? Um, God's way, number two, is to walk in love. So this is uh, meaning that love is not a feeling, but it's a choice. And love is not what you feel. Love is what you do. We're so hard for people to, I mean, it's hard for people to really get that. But it's yeah. absolutely spot on, man. Right. I mean, because we choose. We choose to yes. to love that person, to be patient. We choose to be angry. I mean, there's a lot of choices. So if there's a, something going on in a commitment, I mean, you know, in a relationship. Yeah. Do we choose to... In the midst of the hardship, continue Right. Do we choose loving? to continue loving that person or do we... Just accept are angry, you yeah, know. We accept the unforeseen because, like, right. that's interesting. Because falling in when we just can kind of rewind the idea of falling in love, you know. And you think about falling, you know, whether you're falling in a dream, you fell out of a plane with no parachute, you you fell out of store in front of everybody, a manhole's wide open in the street, you didn't see it like like the cartoons we see, and you fall in the manhole. It, the idea of falling in love really positions us as victims of right. unforeseen like circumstances, and so what happens is. When you it when you take that idea on in life, what you're doing is you're basically you just become this this victim of all these unforeseen, totally uh, you know unavoidable circumstances. And the truth is that no, guys, let me tell you something. If you're listening to this podcast right now, ladies and gentlemen, look this the situations that you are experiencing in your life are not unavoidable circumstances. That's the problem. So you think that well. This is just marriage. All married couples fight. Well, that's love. It's painful. You know, it's this. It's that. You know, no. It's totally unavoidable. And, right. and, and it's and unavoidable it, because it goes, of what you're saying. It's a choice. And I think choice. it goes into even becoming the right person, number one. Because if we, if we both are trying to become the right person, then walking in love should be easy because we're going to make that choice to yeah. love each other because we both want to be that right person for each other. Yeah. And I think the world's way in relationships today is kind of opposite because what you're saying like i think i'm supposed to get mad in sometimes like i think that's i see other people arguing or people always telling me their problems huh yeah you know i mean we kind of go through these like well i guess it's normal and we kind of put our relationship like well since they're doing it all the time, well, it must be okay. But yeah. man, what a, there is, you can have that perfect marriage. I don't think you can't. Yeah. Yeah, there'd be little rocks here and there, but I don't think they'll be that dramatic 
as others, yeah. you know, because we'll, because we're coming together in love and wanting to fix the situation. And I like what it says in Colossians 3.13. This is the scripture we, sh we shared. It says, beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. So if we're both putting on love daily, mm -hmm. then the second part of the scripture says, which is the perfect bond of unity, mm -hmm. man, we're going to become closer to each other and start sticking and becoming one, becoming yeah. um, bonding yeah, together. Yeah, that's exactly what love is. Love, right. Love's the sticky solution. That's the solution that keeps us together. So yeah, it's, you know, you, 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 we've got to, Look at our relationship as something that we walk, the, the idea of love as something that we walk into. We decide to do it, um, not something we just fall into, you know, without any control. Um, so, yeah, so let's take a look at it. So, number one, find the right person. Uh, contrast, become the right person. world says find the right person. God's way says become the right person. Number two, the world's way says fall in love. God's way says walk in love. Number three, fix all your hopes and dreams on them the world's way so baby you want to touch on that a little bit yeah so what happens when we fix all our hopes and dreams on that one person as we, we begin to forget about those who are closest to us um friends family and um our hopes and our dreams dude we totally did that too when we were dating I yes mean, we, we did like we let everybody down everybody out and we just spent hours on the phone hours together i mean and i think everybody has done that but it's that's you know that that is it's not the right way. No. It's not. No. Mm -hmm. And I think that what happens is um, we forget that. I mean, when we, because we, <clears throat> we see that as young kids, we see that happening. And so there just hasn't really been a, like I was, that's how I learned because mm -hmm. I saw my friends do it. Yeah. You know, so I didn't know like the right way of mm -hmm. when I, like how is a relationship as a young person supposed to be? Yeah. And it's not supposed to, you know, be, or even as a young adult, it's not supposed to be, hey, forget about everybody else and just focus on that one person. Yeah. And the contrast to that is that rather than fixing all our hopes and dreams on the person, in other words, becoming so obsessed with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, even your spouse, that you forget everything else. The contrast is this. God's way says this. We must fix all our hopes and dreams on God. Right. So, yeah, that's something, that's it's, an element that we were missing. It's funny because just yesterday... Somebody was telling me um, about their niece and um, how he goes, I don't know what to do about my niece. She just, she met this boy and she just forgot about everybody else. And it's causing heartache between her and her sister. Her sister's like, she's doing everything. Everything mm -hmm. revolves around this guy. And, and you can see it happening because he's upset. She's upset. Her friends are even upset. And she's blind i think we i want to mention mm. that we are blind and we can't hear when people are trying to tell us hey this person may not yeah. be the right person for you or you guys are going about this maybe kind of the wrong way you guys are smothering suffocating each other yeah and not allowing other people to enter into your um world anymore yeah. you know yeah so it's kind of funny how that just and i was able to share with him you know a little bit about it's like man that's so weird because we were just speaking about mm -hmm. this and mm -hmm. how this happens mm -hmm. and it's it's because you know the world's way when it comes to pursuing relationships we're so used to that yeah yeah absolutely yeah and we could spend all day on that which we're i think i know we're spending a lot of time on these which we did spend a lot of time on these on sundays bear with us because we're going to get to the portions of the message that we did not get to so we'll wrap up um 
the world's way versus God's way. Number four, if failure occurs, repeat steps one, two, and three. Uh, that's the world's way, and then God's way is the same. If failure occurs, re- repeat steps one, two, and three. So the idea is that uh, when if we don't have any concept or idea of what God's will for our life is, and all we do is allow the world to control our behaviors, then we're going to constantly be looking for the right person, falling in, looking to fall in love. We're going to be constantly fixing our hopes on the wrong people. And then when failure occurs, we just repeat the same thing because we're like, well, it didn't work out with that relationship. So I need to find the right person again. I need to refall in love. I need to fix all my hopes and dreams on them. God's way is the response is the same because we become the right person. We walk in love. We fix our hopes and dreams on God. And when we still experience failures, guess what? We just do it all right back over again. We just look at ourselves and say, God, what do I need to do to become a better person? How can I become more like you? Then we walk in love again. We decide to put the love on. We fix our hopes and dreams on God. And, and of course, you know, as we commit ourselves to God's will, guys, we're going to experience some good, pleasing, and perfect relationships. I, I mean, I believe that's what it is. I mean, God, see, God's will for us is that is good, pleasing, and perfect. So when we walk in God's will, everything that we do is good, pleasing, and perfect. And I know we're so afraid of the word perfect, but because it's God's will, it is. Even if you're in pain, and you're experiencing hardships, you, you can still be in God's perfect will. Like I think when we think of like the pain, the hardships, we're like, how can this be perfect? Well, if you're in the will of God and he's leading you to the desert like the Holy Spirit led Jesus for 40 days and you know Jesus, Jesus was hungry. He had encounters with Satan, but yet he was still walking out God's perfect will for his life, even in the midst of that. So, And I think the outcomes in the... Um you know, repeats once, steps one, two, and three, the world's way. We're going to have a lot of anger, bitterness mm-hmm. um, at the end of that relationship. But if we do it God's way, I think it's going to be a little different. There's mm-hmm. going to be love still in that, you know, for each other, but not in a but not in a loving way. Yeah. I mean, not like in a relationship. But it's. I don't think you're going to be <clears throat> mad or, or because you guys are walking in God. Maybe, you know, yeah. as the two of you, we just say, you know what? You're less likely, of course, to experience all those things because right. your your hope was in the Lord and your right. trust is in Him, not in the person. Right. And we know that God doesn't, He never lets us down. He, he just can't. That's not in His nature to let us down. So there's great hope and trust in God. Um, let's go to uh, Malachi chapter 2, verses 13 through 16. We didn't get a chance to do this Sunday, um, but I want us to take a look at this passage. Babe, do you want to read this passage? Maybe draw some of the truths out of this. I'll jump in as well and draw some truths out of this. Sure. In Malachi 2.13-16 through it says, You flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and wail because He no longer looks with favor on your offerings or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. You ask, Why? It is because the Lord is a witness between you and the wife of your youth. You have been unfaithful to her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect, says the Lord Almighty. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the big, the biggest thing that pops out of this passage is the question why. I think that many of us in our relationships um, have asked that question, especially after you feel like you're doing everything you're supposed to do. 
um, you know, you're you're getting a job. I mean, you know, babe, when you and I first got married, you know, I had to practically quit school to go to work, right, to care for the family, you know, because we got married so young. There were just things I couldn't do anymore. So you, like, make these sacrifices and you do those things. And then you feel like, man, why aren't things still working? Why aren't things still going well? And, I mean, that's even the case still to this day. Like, I can relate with this passage still to this day. Like, there's things that I do. And I've, I've shared this with you, you know, intimately. You know, it's like, man, hun, I'm praying, I'm fasting, I'm I'm doing like all the right things. I don't do this, I don't do that. And I still feel like things just aren't clicking. Well, here's, it's interesting because Malachi gets, you know, the, the, the prophet really gets to the heart of the matter when it comes to God's people here. So these people were flooding the Lord's altar with tears. They were weeping and wailing. They were bringing their offerings like they were supposed to. And they were doing everything they were supposed to do before the lord but yet god still did not have his full favor on them they knew it they knew it they knew there was something missing and so they asked why malachi says well you ask why let me tell you why here's why because the lord has been witnessing how you've been treating your wife like that's pretty crazy yeah to think about that that god isn't just so concerned about the don't do list like, he's not up there like, okay, let me see. Are you abiding by the list of things not to do? Check. Okay, you didn't cuss today. You get a star. You didn't do this today. You get a star. No, he's not. It's not that. That's, isn't that so ridiculous? And, and then we have our to-do list, too, where we're like, I got to read my Bible. I got to pray. You know, I got to do this. I got to do that. You know, I got to hug my wife every day. Or I got to do this and that. I mean, those are good things. They're not bad things. But the Lord says, no, let, let's look at this. Let, let's look at this. Here, here's the bottom line. You have been unfaithful to your wife. You have been unfaithful to her. And so he says there, it's because the Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. Now, when we think of the word unfaithful, we might think like, well, I've never had an affair. Like, I've never had an affair on you, hon. So when I see that, I think, well, that doesn't apply to me. I'm clear. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I have been faithful. I've never cheated on my wife. But it goes deeper than that. And here, here's where it goes deeper. So we read the passage. He says, You've been unfaithful to her, though she's your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and spirit. And does the one God, and, and what does the one God seek? You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring, period. Wow, what does that mean? He's looking for children of god he's looking to us as his children he's it's not like it's like our kids like i I look at faith and gabby and when they do things that are kind of out of line it's not just that i look at them and say you know that's just wrong period across the board i'm looking at them like you're 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 mom and dad's kid we we don't do that where'd you learn that from you're you're an offspring of mom and dad we don't do that and i think god looks at us he's like He's, he's looking at us, and, and he's looking at us as his offspring with this expectation of, like, you've been made in my image. You know, where did you learn that from? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he knows. So he says this. He says, so be on guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife or youth. Here it is right here. Here's the unfaith. Here's where the unfaithfulness lies. The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord God of Israel. The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect says the Lord Almighty. So be on guard and do not be unfaithful. So we see here that the lack of commitment, the lack of commitment 
obviously is the is what it means to be unfaithful right now what is what what did this man do to display that lack of commitment number one he hated he started hating his wife for whatever reason i don't know what it was but he started hating his wife and he started doing violence to the very one that he was supposed to protect mm-hmm. so it, it's it's this it's when here's the pro, here's one of the biggest issues i think in marriage i've fallen for i mean i've messed this up so many times it's when my wife is down and when my wife is not up to par and she's not maybe doing everything i'd like for her to do that's not the moment for me to come in and terrorize her that's actually the moment for me to come in and purify her like i'm not supposed to when my wife is down she's out she's out of commission i don't come in terrorize her and be like you suck you know you this you that why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing that that's the moment for me to come in and purify her in other words come in you know like a like a like a good husband should you know with with a nice cool cloth and say sweetheart let me let me clean you up here let me you know you need a massage you you know um let me let me wipe let me wash your face let me you know how uh, what's going on how can i help you what's um, happening manny petty <laughs> <laughs> but but that's so that that's that, that's the i mean I, I hope we're making sense here with this i don't know if we're making sense uh, here with this to, to everybody that that's listening to this but bottom line is babe you need to know that you can still have bad days and that i'm still gonna love you you need to know that you can be upset with me because i'm not doing a good job and tell me that and I still need to be faithful and committed to you regardless of that. Like, you need to know that. And vice versa. Right. You know, I need to know that I can have a bad day and that you're still going to be faithful and committed to me. That I can tell you, babe, I don't like it when you do this. And you can st- you're still going to be faithful and committed to me. And see, that was a problem that we see here in Malachi is that these individuals were not. They were just like, you know, things ain't going the way they should mm-hmm. go. So, boom, violence, hate. Right anger well, all the things that they weren't committed to each other and i think that's the word that we're all that we should be focusing on is commitment which is a word that kind of scares people mm-hmm. when you yeah. say it commitment yeah everybody shakes right yeah but here's the definition of commitment let's give the definition of commitment it's this it's simply commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in left you that's really what it means. Mm-hmm. I mean, and isn't that true? It's like that's when commitment begins to become challenged, when things don't go start, when things aren't going the way that we want them right. to go, right? So it's like I said yes in the mood of like happiness, joy, hope, you know, at the altar, at and then the all altar. of a sudden, yeah, then all of a sudden, you know, six months into it, your breath smelling, my breath smelly, like we're coming across all these stinky mm-hmm. things, and the mood's gone, and now we're like, do I still remain loyal in the midst of me right. not feeling what I used to? I feel? wake up looking a mess and josh wakes up with like he just got out the shower his hair is like perfect mine's like all every which way that is true that is a, that is a gift i have it's weird i wake up and my hair looks better in the morning than it does when i comb it i'm like man why can't my hair look like this when i go to church on sunday it's like dear lord no you don't look that bad hon. that bad underline that bad <laughs> No, but I, here, I, I think I think let me let me say this to everybody that's listening to this podcast, and if you've gone this far and you're still listening to us, man, right on. Thanks for hanging in there. I want to say this: we've got to be willing to be unhappy for a while while we work things out. There's going to be things in your relationship 
that you know are causing you to be very unhappy there's going to be hardships that you're going to face that are not going to be fun but if you're committed to your spouse for those of you that are married and for those of you that are engaged um if you're committed to being a lifelong partner to that person that you're going to be marrying you got to be willing to be unhappy for a while while things work out now i'm not telling you to stay in an abusive relationship we're not saying that we're not saying that you need to basically cover the multitude of your husband's sins only jesus can do that but what we are saying is that if you are both committed to one another if you're both committed to following god's will becoming the right people putting on love as lisa mentioned in colossians fixing your hopes and dreams on god that i'm telling you things will work out they will work out and just as we mentioned just because we surrender our lives to the will of god it does not mean that we will not experience hardship jesus experienced it he was in the desert right that was part of god's will he was tempted by satan himself that was part of god's will he went hungry for 40 days that was part of god's will he hung on a cross that was part of god's will i mean when we look at all those things that jesus did Yet he was still in the perfect, good, pleasing will of God. We're going to experience times in our lives where it's like that. But I'm telling you, you got to be willing to be uncomfortable for a moment in order for things to work out. Hang in there. Stick in there. Don't give up. We're going to close with this. I want to close by giving you five commitments God makes to us. And this is huge, babe. We didn't talk about this Sunday. Right. But this is really a big deal because... One of the hopes that I have and what I really believe in sharing this is this, is that if you can get these five commitments that God makes us, I mean, you think about it, you're like, well, what does God's commitment to me have to do with my commitment to my spouse? Let me tell you something. It has everything to do with it. And it's important that you understand God's commitment to you, because when you understand God's commitment to you, then you're going to begin to start experiencing who god is this is huge in our relationship with god Mm -hmm. this is huge in our relationship with people especially huge in our relationship with our spouses so babe let's run through this five commitments god makes to us and once again i really really hope that you take this understanding to a level of experience okay so listen up here we go number one you can fill in the blanks god commits to prioritizing us i commit to prioritize you you can fill that in the blank there first john 3 16 says this this is how we know what love is jesus christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters so look let me tell you something if you don't really understand what jesus i mean if if you can't truly comprehend what jesus did and laying his life down for you then it's going to be so difficult for you to comprehend the idea of laying your life down for your brothers and sisters because First John three sixteen actually tells us that that is something we ought to do. We've got to be able to live our lives out, laying it down for other people. And if we have not embraced the fact that Jesus did that for us, and we haven't truly, fully comprehended that, then we're going to have a real big problem doing that for anybody else. So, number one, God committed to prioritizing us. Jesus committed to prioritizing us. In other words, we were the priority. He laid down his life for us. That means he gave something up. Like he he put his entire life on the back burner so that we could live. That's what he did. God prioritized us. And so because he did that, we're able to do that to other people. Number two, babe, you want to go ahead and do number two? Yeah, number two is I commit to pursue you. Um, 
this is kind of a really important one. Um, how many of us remember when we were dating and um, mm -hmm. we were smothered with gifts, um, maybe going out different places? Our Text significant... messages, phone calls. Yeah, we grew up in the emojis. phone era, though. <laughs> we weren't dating with emojis. Landmines. We would be doing all kinds of emojis, though, if we were. Yeah, we didn't, we have, didn't have that, no. I think we got our first cell phone link right after we got married. Yeah, maybe like a few years after. Maybe a few years, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we were at Taco Bell. No. Yeah, <laughs> we were at those spot, dude. That's where most of our dates happen. Um, but then Taco once Bell. you get married, it all stopped. Why? Why did that happen? Why, when you committed mm -hmm. yourself to this person, everything stops? Mm -hmm. Your marriage can't survive unless you get into a hot pursuit for each other. And that's very important mm -hmm. because... Mm -hmm. what we were feeling at that beginning is because we were being pursued by one another. Mm -hmm. We were, we were engaging in one another and, and yeah. um, wanting to make that other person happy going out of our way uh, and not like forgetting about, not like, like we mentioned earlier, falling in love, but we want to do those special things mm -hmm. for that person. So um, when I, I don't want to wait for the feeling of pursuing, of pursuing Josh to pursue him. Because that's the world's way. No, I make the choice that I'm going after him by giving him a kiss, a hug, however it is that you pursue your mm -hmm. your spouse. So we make the choice. We also make that choice, you know, of not only to yeah. love, but we also make the choice to pursue one another. Because yeah. if I'm not feeling, I'm not going to come home and hug my husband if I'm not, <laughs> if I'm, but that may be the time where he comes and says, he may notice me and say, babe, hey, give me a hug. And he's pursuing me because I've had yeah. a rough day. You know, it's like that. Revelation 3.20 says, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. So wow. Cool. So that's awesome because God yeah. is pursuing us like daily. God that's is the telling us. The putting it of his pursuit. Of God's right. pursuit for us. God is telling Christ's us, hey. pursuit for us. It's pretty awesome. Look, yeah. I'm here. And he may be knocking at our door from time to time and we're like mm, you know have you ever had that person come and knock at your door and you kind of like oh my gosh who is it who is it who is it <laughs> and you kind of like i don't want to answer it. i don't want to answer it you know but god god does he's he's so patient he's so patient with us he just continues to knock he doesn't kick down that door mm -hmm. or yeah. come in yeah. and rob us no he he's not like that he's, he's standing at the he door he's knocking just, he's not bulldozing it down. right yeah or so why don't we let him in yeah. Why don't we let him in? And that's what we're afraid of. You know, we answer the door to so many things that are so harmful to us. But the one person mm -hmm. who is love, we yeah, wow. we put on the, we leave him outside. <laughs> Man, <laughs> we leave crazy. him outside. So crazy. Well, let's go to number three. Um, number three is I commit to possess you. So number one, <laughs> God commits to prioritize us. Number two, God permits to pursue us. I mean, number two, God commits to prioritize us. Number two, God commits to pursue us. Number three, God commits to possess us. Now, this sounds kind of weird. You might think like, you know, what, am I going to like stand there, you know, <laughs> shape my fingers into circles and then boom, God comes into my body and I start convulsing. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God possessing you that way. What I'm talking about is the ownership that God commits over our lives as our father this is huge. I mean, God has committed to possess us as our owner. Look, First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says this, You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own 
possession. Wow. I mean, there's so much comfort in knowing that I am owned by God. And so, you know, when we talk about relationships, once again, I want you to understand this so you can experience God. Our hope is that you understand these commitments that God has made to us so that you can experience God. How does that work? How does that translate into a relationship? Well, obviously, you don't possess your wife. Nobody likes a possessive person. I'm not telling you you need to be possessive over your wife or wives. You need to be more possessive over your husband, but you got to own the relationship. And if you own the relationship, you say, hey, this is our marriage. And I'm going to make a commitment to do everything I can to make sure that you're successful and I'm successful because this is our marriage. I'm going to possess this marriage. I'm going to own it. Um, that That's huge. That's huge. Let's go to number four. I commit to protect you. Babe, is this, are you going to talk a little bit about this? Yeah. Okay. Um, number four, I commit to protect you. There are times that we get attacked, right? All of us feel attacked from time to time. And aren't you glad that you have a God when he sees you attacked, the Bible says, the Lord will protect you from all dangers. He will guard your life. And that's found in Psalms 121.7. It's nice to have that person that you can rely on. Maybe it's a friend, your spouse, a family member. That when someone is saying something bad about or heard something bad about you, that they got your back. That um, they're able to protect you. We're able to protect each other. And that's very important to protect each other. Um, God protects me and I'm the one who causes most of the trouble. But God says, I got your back, Lisa. In fact, when he went to the cross and died for us, the Bible says that he did it while we were yet sinners. And that's the kind of commitment that God makes. Yeah, so let's close it out. We'll go to number five. Here it is. God commits to purify us. I commit to purify you. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27 says, His husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. And then Ephesians 5, 32 says this, This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, this kind of goes along with what I mentioned earlier um, in regards to purifying your wife and caring for her. You know, we talked a little bit, I talked a little bit about this when I was talking about uh, Malachi. But the idea is that, you know, every once in a while, the halo is going to disappear. My wife is not going to be the perfect wife that she normally is. She's just going to have a bad day and vice versa. I, I have way more bad days than Lisa does, that's for sure. Um, but we've got to commit to coming alongside our spouse and purifying them, not terrorizing them. Like I right. said earlier, we got to be we got to be committed to saying, "Look, I'm going to purify you. I'm going to help you um, get through what it is that you're going." And here's the thing, too. I think we're so afraid when we think of purity and righteousness and holiness, and you know, the idea of purifying. I think it can cause a little fear in all of us because we all know how imperfect we are and we all know how many mistakes we make but one of the things that's awesome in the book of micah actually shares this in chapter seven that god delights in showing mercy god delights in showing mercy he absolutely i'm telling you 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 might think this is weird but when you're at the bottom of the floor the bottom of the barrel you're you're like as low as low can be because of a mistake you made god is so excited and so looking forward to giving you the mercy you need so you can get over that hump that you're that hump of guilt that 
you know, hard, that, that hard time that you're experiencing in your life. So look, he delights in mercy. Don't be afraid of the idea of purifying one another or allowing somebody to purify you. Um, that might be your problem. It might be that you can't take the love. You can't take the forgiveness, the mercy shown by your spouse and even by God. But in order for you to, like I mentioned, in order for you to experience the Lord and experience that good, pleasing, perfect relationship that God's calling you to, you got to be able to embrace God's commitment for your life so that you in turn can be that committed individual to your spouse, to your girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever it is that you have in your life. So um, did we miss anything? I mean, I know there's a lot. We did kind of speed through this. I just wanted to share maybe, I think what you were saying, Purify, you were saying something and it just brought to my head of um you know seeing the good in in your spouse mm-hmm. um in the per or just everyone and you know because when we tend to focus on the negative mm-hmm. um it brings negativity to us but when we focus on their goodness even though in the spite of that moment they're they're kind of being a little bit mean or have some anger or whatever it may be mm-hmm. um we need to focus on the good on the good in them to help us oversee the negativity um, because we know that that person's having a a rough day. Something is behind that. So in order to not trigger it or to, hey, let me add some lighter fluid to that. Hmm. No, we want to try to get some extinguishers going and and cover them with um, love instead of, you know, the positivity of who that person is Mm -hmm. instead of being negative towards them. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Um, I want to close with Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Um, This is uh, one of the hardest things, I think, for us to comprehend, the idea of the word never. And it's really something that is absolutely uncommon within our society. It's something that nobody is embracing. As a matter of fact, one of the slogans we embrace, and it's probably the mission statement for a lot of people's lives is never say never and we're always waiting for whatever it is that has committed to us or we've committed to to someday disappoint us and fail us i want to tell you something god has committed to using that word in our relationship the word never never will he leave us never will he forsake us i want you to embrace that and we're just praying god's blessing upon your life upon your marriage upon your relationships we want you guys to succeed as lisa said on sunday look we can't transform you only god can do that all we can do is just help you change the way you think and that's what we're doing today hopefully something we said helped you today in changing some of your thinking we're praying for you if you guys need us reach out to us you know how to reach us I think you got our emails, josh at propsack.org, Lisa, direct is lisa at propsack.org. You can also email us at the Daily Proverb. Uh, that email is info at the Daily Hey, love you guys. Have an awesome, awesome week. We'll see you Sunday for Family Day, 10:30 a.m. at Tahoe Elementary. Dennis Gaxiola is going to be there to make us laugh our socks off. So it's going to be a fun Sunday. Looking forward to seeing you guys. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.